Welcome to Deciding Lab, where we give you an insight into the world of motorcycle racing. Today, I'm joined by Idol and Chloe, and we will talk about how the riders, Moto3 riders, performed this season so far. So Moto3 has been very, very crazy. The entire season has been full of drama, and there are two riders who just had an edge over the others. And funnily enough, they are also teammates. <laughs> the Gascas Aspa boys, Sergio Garcia, who is currently leading the championship by three points over his teammate, Isan Guevara. Uh, yeah, Sergio had a very, very strong season so far. He only had one DNF and he already won three races. He's been so, so strong in doing the last lap, last corner overtakes for the win, for the podium. And he's just a well-rounded rider. I mean, at such a young age, at such a category where a lot of young people come in who maybe don't really have the experience, it's not easy to find a riding style that fits like on every circuit for every race. And he's been so good at keeping his head calm even though he had some he pulled some few very questionable moves very hard overtaking I mean at the end it was still everything it was fine but it some of his moves could have ended in uh, worse very badly to say yeah yeah um I'm really happy to see Uh, Garcia competing for the championship again obviously last season we had the Bedrock Costa Masterclass but a lot of people forget that Garcia was in the championship fight for a really long time and put like put up a really good fight for him but that was ended in Texas was it Dallas Texas yeah America the GP over there great English (laughs) um (laughs) Where he crashed in one of the um, practice sessions or qualifying and he was deemed unfit to race for two or three races, which ended his championship fight, obviously. So I'm really happy to see him back with like all that he's got. The consistency is just beautiful. He's on the podium very frequently, which honestly consistency is key in winning a championship. And as well, the like gap between both of the riders to Dennis. For, oh, I'm gonna say his last name wrong. Foggia. Foggia. Yeah. Yeah. Dennis Foggia is massive. Um, it's. I mean, I, I have. I, I do have it, a lot but... to say about Foggia as well. So I don't know if the gap <laughs> is. Actually, uh, I don't. Uh, it's very difficult. Nick just wants to win. Yeah, I just fantasy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I do feel that Sergio he really deserves to win a championship, but at the same time, moving on to the next rider on our list, uh, Isan Guevara, the way he's riding this season. He also really deserves it. It's his second year. And last year we saw him lose his head a couple of times. I mean, that epic meltdown at Coda where it was a DNF, but then it was a win. And 
all this craziness going on, but you can see in his writing style and how he deals with difficult situations, how he not only matured in his racing, but also in his mindset. Because he had one race where he, wasn't in Argentina where he DNF'd, but at that point where he had his mechanical failure, he was leading the race. And they showed him afterwards in his garage and he was very calm. So you he can, wasn't having a tantrum. Yeah, he, maybe he was hoping for another red flag and then just winning by default. I don't know, but I mean, also he, his raw pace is so incredible. He's been so, so fast in qualifying and in the races, um, especially towards the last few races. He's been doing so, so well and it's great to see. I mean, he's also still very, very young. It's only his second year and he's still performing at such, or not still, already performing at such a high level. It's going to be very, very interesting. Yeah, um, I'm kind of, are we allowed to share our opinions here? I don't know. <laughs> I'm still kind of maybe, I mean, I get what you're saying about Izan, but the one thing that I admire about uh, Garcia is the fact that he's always been mature. Like even after his his own crash at Cota and all the like, because even like I remember Pedro doing some a bit questionable moves last season on him, like last corner stuff as well. Like you never saw him throwing a tantrum or anything. He was always very calm, very collected. But yeah, I think none of them will have it easy like for the championship. Like they will definitely be fighting for it. I mean, I guess you could call like Aki Ayo and ask him how he deals with it. <laughs> so we don't get another Remy and Raul situation and more drama. But yeah. Yeah, I think the championship battle is going to, it's going to go down to like the very end. And hopefully it won't, you know, start drama. Everyone will be friends. But. <laughs> can we get um us part team to do like do, this is the, our get along shirt for Izan <laughs> <laughs> oh okay. yeah I mean it is a very different di- or difficult dynamic if you have one team you have two riders you they're so close in points and you can't really prefer one of them because you don't know how the rest of the season will play out and it's difficult with power dynamics team dynamics they are both very young they want so much they have so many plans and aspirations it's difficult to keep both of them calm enough to just not wipe each other out but at the same time ride at their highest level and to the fullest yeah but i hope at least that both of them know that taking each other out is gonna hurt themselves as well more in the long run than like that one second of yeah he's not getting any points like babe you didn't get anything either (laughs) let's hope they don't pull uh tony arbolino and sam blows (laughs) oh no Um, okay oh moving on that's (laughs) next writer it's bittersweet for me i am such a big Dennis Foggia fan, such a big, as a Luxembourgish person, I have to be a big Leopard Racing fan. And 
I went into the season, pre-season, the first few races, I was, my mind was set on him to be the title competitor, the one that comes in strong, like after last year's heartbreak, he wants it, he just takes it and runs away with it. But that wasn't the case, to say the least. It started off pretty well. Like in Qatar, he had that back of the grid start. He made up so many places. It was such a good ride. He had a lot of pace. He made up 22 positions. And then he had a win. He had a couple of podiums. And then they went to Europe and everything went downhill for him especially like the race that still makes me question a couple of things is the Spanish JP he we know that Honda has problems like the Moto3 Hondas have problems on this circuit but he had no pace at all he fell back to 18 Without any making any mistakes, he didn't crash. He there was nothing that would like justify this result and or explain has, it. It's oh, it's so difficult. I don't I, I don't know why, but he just completely lost his footing in that race. He he started fourth, ended it eighteenth, and there were so many riders that passed him on not as strong bikes not as as experienced riders um i just don't know it was just terrible to watch especially if you know that you have so many other strong riders that are title contenders you just need to put in a better performance and there were yeah then his dnfs were very unfortunate um the one where he slipped on that visor of um yeah, it just makes me very sad because I had such high hopes in him. And I do still believe it might be a bit too optimistic, but I do still believe that he has a chance because if you compare it to last year, he is very good at putting in very strong results one after the other if he feels comfortable. But another big problem for him is wet races weekends where it rains i don't know why but the second one drop of water falls on track he just doesn't want to go fast anymore (laughs) and he just goes nope not gonna do this today yeah which is good like he chances of getting hurt are smaller if you ride slow but at the same time mm, maybe not the best (laughs) decision (laughs) yeah um his time in Europe this year hasn't been only heartbreak though gladly he got a pole in French France that was great English (laughs) pole in the French GP and yeah it was his career first pole which is crazy (laughs) I I think everyone should see Annick right now she's so happy like (laughs) fingers Um, up and then (laughs) I think also that Catalonia GP um and then he also got a podium in Portugal was it and the no not Portugal no uh, Germany at the Sachsen yeah, Germany yeah 
But so if you're looking at his last results, like the last four races, it's three DNFs, one podium. If you look at Izan's results, it's four podiums. And for Sergio, it's three podiums and one P4. Like, yeah, but three DNFs. We, yeah, um, but at the same time, don't forget last year, like, halfway through the season summer break came no one thought that Dennis was ever gonna even probably challenge for the championship and then it went out the way it did like to the very end of the season so he's very good at like making those surprise comebacks and just like like Annick said delivering after like time after another if he needs to and he knows that he has to and as well for Dennis, I'm not sure how old he is, but he's kind of running out of time in a I sense. Think he is 21. Oh, I thought he was old. I'm sorry, Dennis. I thought he was I, older. I don't. He looks older I'm, with I'm, the beard. Yeah, it's the beard. But I think he is 21 or maximum 22. See, I have a, a good point of a memory. Like, it's not a memory, but. Now I'm thinking, is this even? He's the one that um didn't pit during quali, right? And then just kept going round. Or if I, is that someone else? Who was it? Which because race? Which qualifying? Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Wait, there were eleven races. I need uh, more info. I'm trying to think. Was it in? Do you remember the continent? <laughs> <laughs> this this is a geo guesser episode yeah. do you remember the first letter of the country <laughs> no it can't have been Kota. i have no I idea no if you think about uh isan because he uh when everyone pitted like in the last five minutes or before the last five minutes of uh q2 started he often put in laps on his own when all the other people got new tires so that might maybe be the re- what you for some about. reason i had it in my head it was dennis i don't know i'm just picturing the bike the blue bike but none of it's pacing up <laughs> i knew someone did it <laughs> and I don't know why, but my brain had it. I was Dennis. Um, I feel like I have a soft spot for him just because I like the colour of his bike. And <laughs> for some reason, I think he's adorable and I can't place it. But... So it's just like, <laughs> I'll support everyone who rides it to a Christ bike. <laughs> but That's weird. No, he say... is a very good rider and he does deserve to be in the championship fight because he has so many qualities that align with a champion, like a Moto3 champion. But somehow there is like the smallest thing missing that he, that it just didn't work out yet. I do really, really hope that for the rest of the season, it will go better. He will close in to the Aspa boys again and yeah. yeah. He, hopefully he doesn't get dive bombed. <laughs> um, the next rider is 
also one of my favorites. I really feel very protective over him. I feel <laughs> he's such a good rider, very unlucky. And the next rider in the standings is Ayumu Sasaki. I mean, such a good season for him, such a good rider, but at the same time, so unlucky. His DNF in Qatar still hurts my heart. It was, oh, it was heartbreaking. So unlucky. Then, yeah, he took someone else out. I think he took Minio out or someone in the next race. So he had another DNF. Um, yeah, then he did very well. Very, very well. So fast, so good. And then he had that terrible, horrifying crash in Italy, in Mugello, where I'm just happy that he recovered so fast. I really didn't believe that he would come back before the summer break is over. I really thought that he had to sit out the last four races. But very surprisingly, he made it back in Germany at the Sachsen ring and he came fourth. And then they went immediately to Aslan and he got his first ever Moto3 win. This is just so, so impressive that he did all that with his collarbone broken and so many injuries after such a horrible crash. He is just doing so, so well this season. And he could have been higher in the standings if he didn't have that much misfortune. I do feel really bad for him, but at the same time, I am happy to see how well he's doing at the moment. And I really believe that if he keeps up with these results, he still might have a word to say or another in the championship battle. Chloe, let me know your opinions on Ayumi Sasaki. Um, well, the fact that he recovered so quickly, um, like, I don't know how they do it, because if I had just one crash, I would be retiring. I'd be, like, scarred for life. Um, the results in Assen, yeah, um, my brain stopped. Yeah, the results in Assen, amazing. And hopefully in, like, the second half of the season, he can continue and... If he does continue with this fire, shall we say, um, after the recovery, then maybe he definitely can affect this championship battle. And I hope so. Yeah, and I think it's very impressive to see how quickly he also recovered mentally. Because obviously after a cra big crash like that, there's not only the physical challenge of overcoming it, but also the mental challenges because you often if not every, like all the time lose your confidence after that and then to recover so quickly and get fourth and after that like your first Moto3 win like I think Sasaki is 21 maybe like that is still very young and I just think that made it all um, more so like impressive than other times yeah he's definitely someone special and i do also think that he's a great representation for japanese writers he's such i mean 
he's also such he seems so friendly i love his wholesome friendship with fabio and jake and it's just so cute how supportive they are like of each other so the next writer on our list is home masia who continued racing with ktm ayo after last season um to be honest i expected more from him especially after last season and the way he acted in the couple of last races i was like okay well he's clearly irritated um and he's probably gonna back like come back with the fire to show everyone that he's not gonna let a rookie like you know walk over him and like do this and that and the other thing and obviously he's done well but i just expected more especially because he's been in the class quite long like he came in very young and he's still not like old per se but um he's very experienced um and obviously there's updates each year but the ktm bio io bike last year was so so strong and like to not see the rider perform this year i think is very confusing but Yeah, he has two victories this season. He won in Kota. He started their fifth, and then he won in France as well. And then he has two podiums from Portugal and Spain. I think uh, it's very interesting that all these podiums were back to back to back, because like his first races were not going so well i still remember Mino bonking him on his head after both crashed out and i mean it crashes are always unfortunate and you can't really like judge them on their racing really on their on their race pace but there were also results that weren't great like in Mugello where he finished 17th he didn't really have to race pace i think he had some penalties there but at the same time i expected more from him we've seen a lot loads of riders getting very maybe not harsh penalties but pit lane starts back of the grid starts uh, long lap penalties and they still managed to fight their way back to the front and there were races that just weren't convincing for homer which It's difficult because I do really believe he's a good rider, but at the same time, even though it's only MotoGP, uh, Moto3, like only in the sense of it's not the highest class, but it's, it's still such a high talent pool there that it's difficult to say, oh yeah, you had maybe a bad result, you're not a good rider, because that's not the, it's not true. They, most of them are incredibly talented and they are just very young and maybe inexperienced they just they're just waiting for their chance to move up but it's yeah i i don't know i feel bad i know how much effort they put into their work but at the same time something yeah yeah but it's like 
it's heartbreaking in a way because obviously every single one of them put a lot of work into the craft that they do but not everyone can be the next Valentino Rossi not everyone can be the next Mark Marquez or whatever you see as the greatest writer or not everyone can be the next Agostini and I feel like with Homan he's been I've talked about it before but he's been very open about um, how last season he struggled with a lot of with his like mental side and I think he was working with a psychologist maybe I, I don't want to say something that's not true don't quote me on this but um yeah I think it in a way could be that again because that's what he's been struggling with before and yeah he said that the team is very supportive of him and they tried their best to help but like I don't know you can't solve all the problems like something just because he can deliver something just has to click inside of him to like like make it work um he came into the championship in 2017 as a replacement so he's been here a while so I sort of expected him to be higher up in the standings um but like you said, if he's struggling with his mental health, that's going to have a massive impact on performance. Because if you just don't feel like you've got to have the confidence, even if you're not the best, you've got to act like it, and then it will all follow through. So if you're not feeling the best, then your performance is going to, what's the word? Maybe not. Yeah, it's going to have an an effect on your performance so I feel bad saying that I expect more of him because of experience but yeah I just the- hope he unlocks his potential because obviously we've seen he has a lot of it so okay. moving on from one KTM rider we're moving to the next one which isn't a KTM IO rider but a tech three guy and it's Dennis Unshu he's currently sitting in the sixth spot in the championship and to be honest I'm I'm kind of surprised that he's that high up because there are some people that I expected a bit more but I think he did really really well so far this season there's always a bit of controversy around him and yeah I mean there were last season there were a couple of things that were questionable maybe not great but at the same time you have to give them the benefit of the doubt and give them the opportunity to show us that he's changed that he's gotten more mature and he worked on his writing style he's learned about consequences and I do feel like he did he's still a very aggressive writer in the sense of his overtakes he's not giving anyone an inch but he's been doing very very well he's gotten a podium no he didn't get a podium no he has two poles from Portugal and Mugello um I hope more than anything and I think everyone or at least most of the people listening to this know my personal stance on our lovely um, Dennis Unchu. But more than anything, I also hope that he took some um, PR classes, perhaps, after last season. Um, but yeah, um, 
in a certain way, aggressiveness is needed. In a class like Mother 3, I admire that Anik went the positive route and said that she expected um, other writers to do better than Dennis. Being honest, I just expected him to do worse. Um, (laughs) I was like, no, I don't believe. It's not that I believe more in other people. I just don't believe in him. (laughs) (laughs) This is just personal at this point. I I do not believe. That sounded so bad. He was one of my favorite guys before, like, last year's Kota incident, but he's paid his bills for that, hopefully took a few classes on public speaking or PR skills or something, and everyone can move on. I mean, like, my first full season of actually watching it was last year, so maybe I don't have the best like impression of him it's sort of biased you could say is that the right word because like I've just seen the aggressiveness and to quote Scott Ogden you would not want to be next to him in a corner um oh shout out to our podcast episode with uh, Scott Ogden it's a really really interesting interview and you can also find it on our Spotify yeah, you should definitely go watch it. It's my favourite episode of all time. <laughs> Completely <But>. not biased. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I don't know how to express my feelings without being very biased. Personally, he's just not someone that I support. But, you know, two poles, it's good. Good performance. Um, and, yeah, I suppose aggressiveness is needed, but... I'm just not his number one fan, let's say. So I think he's one of the people who needs a second chance to prove himself. And I do feel that he did pretty well this season. I mean, yeah, fair. I feel like, um, was it Marcelo who once said that Mother 3 is like a shark tank because everyone's trying to prove themselves so much? And it's like riding between sharks I think that shark is Dennis specifically but yeah I mean he's he's done well he's been pretty consistent like with his results or at least somewhat because he's that high on the list and he's salvaged the like maybe five points that my Moto3 fantasy team has because he was one of my replacement writers um so I can't put too much heat on him Thank you, my man, I guess, but yeah. So the next person on our list is the other Leopard Racing rider, Tatsuki Suzuki. It's his first year at Leopard Racing and it started off very, very rocky for him. He did not perform to Leopard Racing standards and especially since Dennis did very well at the first half, like the first four or five races, and Suzuki didn't. There were a lot of questions. I, even when Suzuki moved to Leopard Racing, people weren't really sure if that was a justified decision, but I think that since France, he really, really proved himself. He 
has been doing so well in the last few races. He's been so strong. He had so much pace and his overtakes were great. There's some overtakes that still play in my head. <laughs> I, I'm really happy to see him do well because I think he really, really needed these results to prove himself and show that he can do better, that he he's not necessarily just like a midfield rider, but someone who can fight for a podium. And he really did that. Um, yeah, I think when you've got a teammate that is performing so so well and you're new to the team there is a lot of pressure um so I sort of you know feel for him because I would hate to be in that situation but to have two podiums it's that's still a good performance and it's his first year on the the bike you know if is he there next year I'm not sure of his contract um, but if he is on that bike next year, then he'll improve. It's just getting used to a new style of riding in a way and adjusting. So, yeah, I think he's definitely got a lot of pressure, but he's still performed well. Yeah, definitely. I also think that he will hopefully do even better for like the remaining races because it's the Honda bike is such a good bike especially on circuits with long straights where there's still some circuits left that have very long straights which is great <laughs> for the uh, oh I will just stop this sentence because the words are not wording. English isn't Englishing right now. Yeah. Folks, it's hard. Yeah. Mm. My brain also stopped. <laughs> <laughs> this is literally everyone's ba- yeah. brains just saying, nope, not today. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Suzuki did. Maybe ex- not really exceed my, it's like so-and-so. At the start of the season, I thought mm, he could do better. The second half, not, not the first half, like in the first five races, I thought like mm, he could do better. The last five races, I was surprised that he did so well. So it's like mm, in the middle round, someone who I'm a bit disappointed in because I thought they would do better this season is Andrea Mignot. <laughs> yeah, it's the one who's currently sitting in the eighth position of the standings, the championship standings, Andrea Minu. He started off strong. He was also a bit unlucky with a couple of DNFs where he wasn't really at fault. Um but then suddenly he just kind of lost something something just went missing and he didn't perform well afterwards it's not that he the problem is not that he's been crashing as much for the rest of the season but he just didn't have to race pace and i don't know where it went 
Um, yeah, after the win in Qatar at the start of the season, I think I really got my hopes up for him. Um, but obviously, that's not quite followed through. And I could have made this up, but I feel like the media was hyping him up quite a lot as well at the beginning of the season. Or have I made, I could have made that up, but I feel like it was a thing. But um, yeah, I really had my hopes up that he'd be in the fight championship at the beginning of the season. And it's just not quite worked out for him. Um, so yeah, I'm a little bit disappointed, but I don't want to say disappointed because I feel bad. <laughs> um, the, problem, the problem is with being disappointed in someone, it's mainly because we know how much potential these guys have. And I think it's just that we feel like not the entire potential is used to the maximum, which is necessary in categories like that. And it's a bit frustrating sometimes to watch because you feel like they could do so much more because they have the talent, they have the passion, they they should know what they're doing and sometimes it's just not coming together. Of course, it's easy for us to say that because I've personally never ridden a bike, especially not a Moto3 bike. So I don't know what the experience is. Also with the pressure of performing well, the mental stress and the also the physical stress, I don't know how it feels like. But at the same time, I do believe every one of these people are there for the same thing. They all have the same goal. So if some people yeah. also don't, it's still, hmm, I expected more. Yeah, I completely agree. Like there's just so many people on this grid that have talent and potential and to not see it be fully used. Um, yeah, it's upsetting in a way, but- um, I feel like we're very strict today with everyone yeah. like you're doing well but you could do better um so next is carlos tata <laughs> he's still very very young he's only 19 um and a lot of the other riders in this class are i don't want to say old but like older than him so um no. Chloe, you make me feel very, very old. <laughs> Sorry. I, I'm older than almost everyone. I think there's only one person that's older than me on the entire grid. <laughs> the entire Moto3 grid. I mean, you're so young. <laughs> Just, I'm... he's a teenager. I'm <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I'm trying to reassure and I'm not sure it's really helping. Um, but Nepal in Indonesia and then he came third in Indonesia. It didn't really make sense. Um, he got a pole in Indonesia and then finished third. Um, oh, um, he felt... I, I can't completely remember what happened, but he felt back quite a few places and then fought his way back up to third I think he either ran ran really wide had a bad start 
or he had a long lap penalty. I can't remember, but it's one of these three things that happened to him. <laughs> it was a very up and down race for him. But I have to say, I during preseason, I didn't expect him to do so well because even though some results don't really aren't necessarily good, I do think that he made a huge step forward compared to last season. And you can see that he's really improving, that he's slowly finding his footing in the class with the bike. And I do believe that with the coming years, he will only get better because there's there he really shows some potential that is needed to be a good and consistent rider. It's just at the moment, it's just not everything falling into its place for him. Yeah, and I say bad when I, I feel bad when I say this, but the fact that he's 19, immediately I sort of don't expect them to do as well because they've not, you know, gone through as, as many years in life as some of the other riders. Yeah. He's not been... Of course, with age, it's your not only gaining more experience as you do more seasons it's also you're mentally maturing you're learning to deal with pressure you're just it's you're not as hormonal anymore or like your teenager phase I mean everyone knows it it's a bit difficult sometimes and then to have to do sport at such a high intensity doing it knowing that this that you want this to be your entire career it's not that easy it's definitely not easy but yeah I do believe that he's doing very well for his age and yeah I hope he's doing well I also love the Brüssel or now CF Moto team I think they went through a lot and they are such a loving team. It seems like they take very good care of their riders and that's also great to see. They are really nurturing them. And I do hope that he stays with them for next season. Next on the list is his teammate, Xavi Artiga. I, yeah, um, I have... Uh, it's difficult for me with Xavi because last year he lost his seat at Leopard Racing in his rookie year, which I didn't really agree with. I think he didn't do that bad that he deserved it, especially in his rookie season. And he won the last race of the season, of the 2021 season. So I felt really bad and I hoped when I heard that he went to CF Moto that it's going upwards for him. He's doing well and I don't know what happened, but suddenly the results weren't there. He, there were races where he did so bad. There was no pace at all and... I don't know why, because he is, well, he is a bit taller, but he is such a good rider. I know that he said that he's not good on circuits with chicanes, because he doesn't like riding through chicanes. That's 
such a general thing not to like because almost every circuit has a chicane. You can't just say, I don't like them. That's why I'm doing badly. That's not how it works in this class. And I do hope that he's figuring it out because he seems very, very nice. And I do believe that he also deserves to do better because as mentioned many times before, he also has a lot of talent and potential, but I really expected way more from him this season. Um, again, a really young rider. Um, he's 19. And his results this season have definitely been a bit better than last year. So he is improving. Um, and hopefully he'll continue to improve. But like with the chicanes, it's like if you're struggling with chicanes, it's, you're going to make it really difficult for yourself because it's such a big part of many of the circuits. Um, I mean, I couldn't see it. I probably would really not do well in a chicane either. But <laughs> <laughs> at this level, you can't be suffering because you can't do chicanes. So, yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't really have any expectations, but hopefully he'll just continue to improve. He's still got the rest of the season to go. Maybe he'll, I don't know, pull something out of the bag. And I mean, his highest position has been fifth. So I don't know. Maybe there, were we'll see. A, there were a couple of races where he did really well, but there were other races where he did like his highs are very high and his lows are very low and that's the problem he needs to find a middle ground between those because you you're not winning a championship by being inconsistent and we said it before and that's something he needs to find a middle ground between both which i do believe he should he will be capable of doing but not Maybe this season, but I don't. I think rather next season, where we will see more consistent results from him. Yeah, definitely. His consistency is just where he needs to work on. Yeah. So, 11th in the standings is the SIC 58 Squadra Cosa rider, Riccardo Rossi. He's his performance was also so and so. Like sometimes he's doing really well, then sometimes he doesn't. And some of the results where he finishes 11th, 13th, it doesn't sound too prom- like it's not the best result. You're not inside the top 10, but at the same time, if you You've watched his actual performance during the races. He did very well. He's had some great overtakes. He showed some pace. But all in all, it the season just didn't come together in his favour yet. Um, I mean, when looking at his results from previous years, he's definitely improved. Um, like in 2021, there's a lot of 19s and you know, a lot lower than he has been doing. So he's improving. Um, Again, consistency is a little bit of an issue. 
um, sometimes is 13th and then the next race is 6th. His highest is 4th in Argentina. So, I mean, he's 20, so he's definitely got a little bit more maturing to do and it will hopefully happen next season, the season after, and we'll see better results. Um, yeah, I think... I th I think he has the right personality, he has the writing style and the talent to become a very successful Moto2 or even MotoGP rider. I mean, today, even though it's not really related to your talent or the sport itself, but your marketing value also plays a big role in this entire sport. And I do think that he has the personality for it to do well. And yeah, I'm very excited to see what's in store for him for the rest of the, the season and also going for that and that. Moving on to Risei Yamanaka. He's had a pretty consistent season, I would say. There are some results that weren't great, but at the same time, He's, he's been one of these people who had a couple top 10 finishes that completely flew under the radar for me. Where I, after the race, I looked at, at the standings and he finished eighth or fifth or ninth. And I just didn't see him once at the screen during the races. And I was just surprised that he did so well, even though you didn't really see him that much. I mean, he had a very difficult season last year and we all know with the accident, with the crash. And um, I want to see him do well because he really deserves it. And he, yeah, I just feel like he is a good rider and I do think that he also has a lot of potential yeah, again, consistency is an issue. Um, that's, he came fifth at Magellan, which is an amazing result. But then the next race at Catalonia, he's 21st. Um, so it's a big difference. And I mean, he's performing well, but then other races he's not. Um, so he definitely needs to, again, sort out the consistency. I feel like as you move further down the championship, a big issue we're seeing is consistency. Um, it's just so important. The problem is with consistency in Moto3, also in Moto2, even in MotoGP, is you can't always judge it by the results because we've seen so many crashes where one rider wipes out another one, which ends in both DNFing and you're just seeing like there's someone who's completely innocent in a situation where you're losing out on big points and it's not even your fault. That's, yeah, that's the risk of the sport. And it's not just your performance. It's also what other people are doing around you. Yeah, so. definitely. I mean, I'm, I feel like I'm quick to judge these riders, but I mean, if you put me on a bike, I wouldn't even know what to do. I wouldn't even be able to start on it. So, <laughs> you know, 
in my mind that's still all doing amazing to even be here <laughs> and <laughs> racing um but yeah I feel like as well I don't know like as consumers I feel like everyone has these really high expectations of nearly every rider and we do forget like these are young lads you know just trying to make their dream come true um they are humans and then we we all have these big expectations of them but you know they are doing well and they just need to find that they just need to click and find that little spark within them so you know I'm I need to try to be more lenient I know that (laughs) (laughs) well Um, moving on to the highest place rookie of the Moto3 season so far, Danny Holgado. He joined the KTM Ayo team, which is known, I mean, it's big shoes to fill after Pedro Acosta coming into the KTM Ayo team during what he did with his pit lane win at the Doha GP in just a couple of races, then running away with the championship, winning, winning the entire Moto3 championship as a rookie it's big shoes to fill to come into that you I do believe that we shouldn't measure what his performance on Pedro's because that's just not fair to anyone to do that during their rookie season but of course there will always be comparisons especially if you kind of have the same past with with racing and stuff so yeah when Danny joined uh, the beginning was a bit rougher. He had a couple of DNFs. Some of them were definitely not his fault. He got really, really unlucky. And I, I'm happy that Lauren is not here because she's always acting like I hate this guy and that I just don't think he has any talent, which is absolutely not true. I do believe that he's very, very good for his age, for coming in as a rookie with all this pressure of being in a good team and with everything that happened last season knowing that they expect results and the results weren't necessarily there on paper yet but definitely in the performances he's shown us in his writing style and he definitely needed a couple of phrases to get into the groove with the bike getting used to everything, which is normal. But yeah, he did very well so far. He is at the moment the best performing rookie. Of course, he does have a good bike, but at the same time, especially in Moto3, a good bike is not enough to win a championship. Yeah, I feel like after Pedro Acosta, the pressures, not just on Daniel, but all the rookies, it's not normal to win the championship in your rookie year at all. Um, and he's 17. Like, he's doing unbelievably well to say he's 17 and a rookie. His results are really not bad at all. He's just been unlucky with uh, DNFs. So hopefully, I really want to see him become this mature rider and do well 
because he's clearly got the potential and the talent just based off the results he has this season. You can see it. Um, and hopefully the pressure won't get to him because, it, again, it is really not normal to do what Pedro Costa did. The next one is Kaito Toba, who is currently sitting in P14 of the championship standings. He started off the season very, very strong in Qatar with his P3. He got a podium immediately at the season opener. Uh, but since then, things weren't going as smoothly for him. He's had a couple of non-points finishes. He's um, only had one DNF, though. But still, it's not been going very well for the entire team, actually. Both riders are very talented, but there were just things that didn't work out. And I don't know, it's it's very difficult for me. He's also someone who does sometimes ride a bit crazy. It's like sometimes a bit all over the place, which causes some difficulties for other people. Uh, yeah, I do think he could have done better so far. At the same time, it's always, I'm always saying, yeah, you could have done better, you could have done better, but in order for him to do better, someone must do worse. And then if someone else would do worse, I would say, oh yeah, you could also do better. So it doesn't really make sense in the end. Yeah, I feel like maybe I expected a little bit more. He's been in the class since 2017 and he's been on a KTM bike. This is now his third season. So I feel like with anyone who's got that experience, there's a level of expectation and maybe he hasn't quite met my expectations. Um, I mean, the podium at the beginning of the year was good, but it needs to be more frequent than just the once. The next rider on our list is Diogo Moreira. He's also a rookie and he's been very, very exciting to see him race this season. He's had some unfortunate DNFs. Some were a bit silly, but still the mistakes that he made were rookie mistakes. So it's all natural for him to maybe overestimate himself, overestimate the grip run a bit wide maybe crash lose the front that's that's normal when you're young and you don't really have the experience but at the same time he's been so so fast his pace was incredible in some of the races where he just stormed to the front and you've seen him fight with people who have a lot of more experience and he's been holding up so well against these people i do think it's one of the most exciting riders this year to like I'm really excited to see what his future looks like how he will evolve and once he just gets a bit more of this very much needed experience what he can do then again I think it's the same with all rookies they just need the experience and to be nurtured into these great riders so I'm definitely excited I'm sure excited to see 
what he can become in the future. Again, a lot of talent and potential. Um, a very common theme through this grid. So <laughs> yeah, but it is. If you're in Model Three, most of these guys are incredibly young. They maybe have one or two years, maybe three years of experience. Only very few people have more. And if you're looking two or three years of racing, um, that's not as many races. If you like, if you have approximately twenty races per year, it would be. 60 if you're doing three years which isn't that much in my opinion no it's really not um i feel like that like you can't just go into it and wing it so you know he needs to get the experience just like everybody else and they're super young they've got such a long career ahead of them hopefully so I mean, I'm excited to see it unfold. Uh, the next person on our list is also a rookie, Ivan Urtola. And I don't have that much to say about him, to be honest. I do think that it's definitely not the worst rookie performance by far, but it's still not... It's just that I didn't really see much of him. I or I didn't pay attention when they showed him on screen, but I feel like I haven't seen a lot of him yet. Uh, personally, seeing how he races, how he's breaking into corners, his overtakes. So I don't want to comment too much on that. Um, yeah, again, just super young. Um, so. I think it's hard to judge these riders when they're only 17 or 18 because they really haven't done a lot of racing in their lives. And as well, mentally, they're not that mature. So I'm finding it hard to judge them because I know they've got so much more to learn. Um, yeah, I mean, definitely we've seen worse rookie performances. So, yeah, I don't think I really have... I, I also haven't seen much of him either, really. <laughs> Where is Ivan Ortola? <laughs> Show him more. We need to know. So, okay, now I realize I lied before when I talked about Diogo Moreira. This is actually the person that I'm most excited to see what they do in the future. And that is David Munoz. He's still incredibly young he missed out the first he missed out the first seven races because he was still under 16 then he turns 16 i think it was the day of the french jp on sunday so yeah because of the age limitations he couldn't take part in the practice sessions and in the race but he made his start at the Italian JP in Mugello, which is a very epic circuit to start your career. And he did not disappoint. He went straight into, oh, did he go straight into Q2? He, he went through Q2 and he finished inside the points, which is so, so good. At such a young age, all of these riders 
had seven races to find out where the limits of the bikes are, to get a bit into the rhythm of doing races, into race weekends. They knew what to do at this point. And he just came in, didn't do any racing on the Moto3 bike, except for the testing, of course. And he finished inside the points. And then it got even crazier when he just got his first podium at just his second race in Catalonia, starting from P20. I did not expect this at all. I mean, in Mugello, you could tell that there is some serious talent. And I have to admit that I was very skeptical of getting someone into the class that is still so young, because I do believe that it can sometimes be a safety risk. And I, th I thought it was a very interesting strategy to get a rider where you know he won't be able to ride a good like a third of the races of the season get a replacement for him and then just chuck him in after his 16th birthday i thought that was a bit of an odd situation but i can completely see why and what they saw in him to make this possible yeah definitely it's such a big risk because I feel like at 16, um, your mentality, what you would expect from a 16 year old is definitely not this. Um, the fact that he got that podium in Catalonia, he's actually blown me away. Again, I would say he's the rookie I'm the most excited about. Um, there's just something, there's something about him that's clearly like he's standing out from the rest and he's mm. really impressing me and the fact that he missed like a third to about a third of the races and he's on 32 points still and the other rookie is um a, a quite a few of them are below him and like he's catching up with the other rookies really quickly um so I'm just super, super impressed with how well he's adapted. He also was in the podium run in Assen, he was for granted he was a bit silly there and it was his own fault of crashing but it, he is literally like the most inexperienced rookie there at the moment with only his four race starts and yeah i mean you can't expect him to do perfectly fine from the beginning now because Dario is just missing that experience with the bike, uh, with racing in general. And I, yeah, I've seen some people criticize him for the crash in Assen, which it really was a silly move. But at the same time, you can't just expect those guys not to make mistakes. Yeah, I think you can't judge him based on that one mistake um at all like it, it take for me it takes it to be like a consistent consistently doing silly things but he's not he's done it once and the fact that he got so criticized for it I think it shows like the pressure these um riders are under I'm not too sure what else you'd be expecting of a 16 year old who's got so little experience these things are going to happen he's still got 
a lot of maturing to do. So, I mean, yeah, I, I, I don't think you can judge him based off that one mistake. Yeah, definitely. So the next one on our list is Adrian Fernandez. Of course, Raul Fernandez, brother, little brother. And yeah, I think I expected a bit more from him so far. If you're looking at the other riders, both KTM Ayo boys, they are like Messia and Holgado. They are doing pretty well. Enshu is doing well. And then you have Adrian Fernandez, who really seems to be the rider who's struggling the most of these four. And it's difficult to watch. I believe that it's hard to ride when your brother is also in the motorsport, like motorsport involved, especially after last season where Raul did so so well in motor two there is an added pressure and of course they are brothers you have this family competitiveness against each other of course it, it is also helpful because you have so much support during the weekends away where normally you don't have the luxury of having family or friends around you when you're just nine months of the year you're just flying traveling throughout the world for racing and that is of course a benefit but at the same time it's a bit of a double-edged sword um yeah i think not only is the pressure from like the media and obviously all teams put a little bit of pressure on so he's got that and then i suppose within your family there's going to be pressure as well to perform like your older brother did um so I sort of feel for him in that sense but I think with pressure is you can turn it around and use it to fuel you so I think I mean in the future hope next season maybe he can use this pressure to like boost his performance in a way again he's really uh fortunate that as well he's got his brother there for advice and he's got all these things and I feel like he could do well I'm just I feel like I'm waiting for it to happen I'm waiting for it to click because you know he's he's got all the support there it's just again waiting for him to click he is still 18 Hopefully he'll mature a bit more and we'll see some really good things out of him. But I can imagine the pressure could also, well, I'm not going to blame it on his performance, but I, I would assume that it could be, it could be having an effect. Um, I'm getting cramp. <laughs> I need to move. Um, anyway, yeah. I don't know. I feel like... There was expectation because of his brother, but yeah, just waiting for something to click. Of course, um, every time you see brothers in MotoGP, I mean, there are some very known brother duos like the Marquez brothers, the Aspargaros, and you, yeah, the Binders. 
there is mainly one person who's a bit of the golden child of the sport and the other one is just tagging along it feels like oh that's really bad to say I feel so sorry they're all super talented but yeah there's always I mean no matter how good Alex Marcus is it's almost impossible to get on the level of Mark and Mm -hmm. these are just things it of course it takes a mental toll it is difficult you have to support on one side but at the same time yeah as said before it's I do believe that it does some good but it also does some harm in the 19th place of the standings is currently John McPhee who oh he had a very very we didn't race at it that much to be honest because he had a very scary vertebrae um, injury and he had to sit out five races which is a lot but with such with injuries like that it is necessary to be very very careful what you're doing because you could just end your career if you're doing if you're joining um, again too early or you're making a wrong move and I am happy that they took this very seriously and just said, hey, let's just sit out a couple of months. This needs to be taken care of. That was good to see. At the same time, I do feel very sad for him because sitting out that many races, having to do all the other races, still injured because fit to race doesn't mean not being injured anymore it just means you will you will probably survive on the bike which is very very weird approach but it is what it is um yeah he's he's the oldest on the grid at the moment and uh, he's turning 27 this year i think which means once you turn 27 you're not allowed to ride in Moto3 for the following season anymore. So it means that no matter what, it's his last season, he either moves up to Moto2 or he needs to go somewhere else. And of course, it is not the time for him to miss races, be injured, have DNFs, have bad results, because he needs to prove himself. And I do believe that after sitting out for so long uh, and he made his comeback at the French JP, he started off incredibly strong. And even though the results don't really reflect his performance, he's done really, really great so far. Of course, he did have, his two DNFs were very weird and also not helpful for other riders because I think he wiped out someone twice like he once crashed out Holgado as well that I can remember currently I don't see him getting a seat in Moto2 which is sad but I do think that moving to other superbikes, super sports could be a very interesting opportunity for him. Yeah, he turned 27 four days ago. Um, oh, happy birthday. Yeah, happy birthday, John McPhee. <laughs> yeah, happy belated birthday, John McPhee. We love you and we wish you the best. 
and your vertebrae as well. Yeah, I feel like I'm a little biased because he's Scottish and my family's Scottish. Okay, so I didn't know if this was not biased in a positive way or biased in a negative uh, way. Like, are they way. against Scottish people? <laughs> no. <laughs> No, no, no. Well, you never know. You British people have so many yeah. inner conflicts. I mean, I think a lot of people actually don't like Scottish, but personally, um, half my family is Scottish, so I want him to do well. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm just happy that he's still able to ride after that injury. Your vertebrae is a very serious thing, but. I don't know. I feel like after being in Moto3 so many years, I sort of expected more. But then I feel bad saying that because he did have a bad injury. But I really hope he goes to like World Superbikes or something um, because I don't see him getting a Moto2 seat. Um, I love you, John, but I'm not sure (laughs) that's an option. So... The next person on our list is Ilia Bartolini, who's currently riding for the QJ Moto Avintia team. And his season wasn't the greatest, to be honest. And there was really a lack of pace, especially if you're co- comparing the gaps to the leader at the end of the races. It's sometimes a bit shocking, to be honest. I did expect more but yeah it's I I don't really have a lot to say about it um yeah me neither I feel like he's not really seen the results are not the greatest a lot of them are non-point scoring but you know, he's never done a full season on Moto3, so I think that's maybe something to take into account. But I don't know. Didn't really have any expectations. I haven't really seen much of him, so I can't give a solid opinion on his performance. But he is only 18, again, young. But, yeah, I I haven't really seen him, so... Moving on to... Joel Kalso, who is also a rookie this year, and he did have some really solid qualifying results. I feel like he's been, he's made some, yeah, he made quite a few Q2 appearances, which is, I think it's good for a rookie. His races were a bit up and down sometimes. But all in all, I can't really complain. I mean, he has he has shown he has also shown some incredible qualifying laps. He's shown some great great overtakes, which were just beautiful to watch. But at the end, the results weren't always there, which can't be expected from a rookie always. But of course, I think all of these riders go into their rookie season and think, okay, I'm doing the best I can and I will be happy with point scoring results. But at the same time, I think they always want more and they are never happy with just a 
P15 finish or a P14, P12. They want to be in the top 10. They want to go, move up to the top five and then eventually on the podium and getting their first win. But yeah, of course, you can't expect that from a rookie. And I, I do believe that he's on a good way to improve and move up. Yeah, I think it's difficult to judge a rookie you know they're fresh at this moto three class um so i'm definitely disappointed in his performance quite a few point scoring appearances um again it's just waiting for them to have their moment yeah so then the next rider is Stefano Nepa. Uh, also a very under the radar season. You haven't seen him a lot on the screen. He's He currently has 18 points. And is it a good season? No. Could it be worse? Yes, but not by a lot. <laughs> oh, that's so mean to say. Yeah, I mean, he's got experience on the KTM, so his third full season. Um, so maybe it could have been better, but yeah, I agree, it definitely could have been a lot worse. Still being the points quite a bit, fair enough, it was the bottom of the points most of the time, but yeah, I can't really complain. I've not seen too much of him. Maybe could expect more with the experience, so. Yeah, I do hope that he still improves, but I always want to see people improving, but at the same time, that's just not possible for everyone. It's um, a cutthroat series. It's difficult to try support everyone and want everyone to do well because it's just not really possible. Yeah, yeah. That's the problem. Once you start watching motorsports, it's always heartbreak. At least if you're watching Moto3, then Moto2, and then MotoGP, at least one class will give you heartbreak. Yeah. Every weekend. It's always rollercoaster of emotions. (laughs) Moving on to Matteo Bertelli, who is also a rookie. We have quite a lot of rookies this season. It's uh, 10, which is a third of the grid. I think, in my opinion, it's a lot, but it's also great because you have some, it's like a breath of fresh air. Is that an English expression? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And it's difficult to judge them, to be honest. Looking at the results, at the points, at the standings, it's not great, but there were some moments where I was surprised that he did so well, which is always great to have a positive surprise. But of course, you can't expect them to do great immediately right out of the gate. So I feel like it's hard to expect anything of a rookie. So, you know, and maybe in the future we'll be seeing him as part of the VR46 Riders Academy. Who knows? I think 
you, Chloe, will be very excited to move on to the next rider, which is also a rookie and someone who is very loved here at at the Siding Lab podcast. Um, Scott Ogden, of course, the British rookie who was nice enough to give us an interview and also really positively surprised at the beginning of the season very very strong qualifyings or very strong yeah <laughs> they were strong enough for a rookie and the risk results were also not bad to say the least then it started to get a bit yeah, it went a bit downhill for him, sadly. It really hurts to say. He had a couple of DNFs, which were very, very unfortunate. And yeah, oh, it's um, very sad to talk about it. Yeah, again, another bit of good bias, I think, with Scott Ogden. Um, I think not only is he a talented rider, he has... A great personality. He's a very nice person and I loved interviewing him. Um, but he's had some really bad luck um, towards the latter end of this first half of the season. Not only has he had his DNFs, but um, a few weeks ago he got bit by, I think it was a mosquito, and his entire eye swelled up. And I felt so bad I feel like ever since we interviewed him things have just gotten worse and I feel guilty (laughs) also we have to remember Scott is currently riding for the vision track racing team which is also completely new to the cross class (laughs) which means that they have new people working there engineers uh, mechanics all the managers and uh, chiefs, like all the people involved in the team, they are not used to working together yet. So of course it's a big, a big thing is of course communication at the same time. With a new team, it is harder, especially if you start as a rookie to find your footing immediately. And I really think that Scott showed that he has the pace and the talent to continue doing well in the future and I'm really excited to see what's coming for him I mean there aren't that many British riders in the classes and I know that British people are very very excited to see other British people doing well Um, I do believe that he should be able to make a name for himself in yeah, definitely um I mean the qualifying I remember I think it was his first Q2 appearance and we was all just like screaming and at this point I don't think I knew much about him and it came up that he like on the screen that he was local to me and I think that definitely fuels the bias a little bit but um his performance this year in a team that's brand new he's brand new um he's definitely done very well and I can't wait to see him and Vision Track 
evolve um, and just become better and better because they've proved that they can do it. So, yeah, I'm really excited to see a British talent, you know, of course, as a British person. Yeah, I'm just really excited to watch him and I feel like I'm going to be screaming every step away for the rest of his career now I'm like attack <laughs> Chloe is just Scott Ogden's number one fan yeah and like how many years when he's in like no GP or something I'm just gonna be like, like woo! <laughs> I was there Scott. since day one yeah <laughs> well moving on we have Lorenzo Fallon followed by Mario Aji then comes Tayo Furusato Uh, Alberto Sura, who had to sit out quite a few races, also because of injuries that he got during, um, I think it was a practice session in Argentina, and then it turned out that the injury was actually worse than they thought at the beginning. So he had a very difficult season. Then... Um, There is Ana Carrasco. We have Salvador David, Asman Ziafudin. I am very sorry with that pronunciation. Luca Lunetti, Gerardo Male, who replaced uh, David Munoz the first seven races at Boya Motorsports team. Then there is a uh, Joshua Watley, who is Scott's teammate at Division Track Racing Team, who had a very difficult season. Well, very difficult start at, into the season as a rookie. Followed by Rueda Rosé and David Alonso. A lot of these people were replacement riders for injured people or some with wild cards. It's difficult to judge them by just one race, so we left that one out. Do you have any thoughts to uh, any of these riders that are listed? Maybe just Anna. I feel like there's a lot of pressure being the only woman in Moto3. Yeah. And yeah, I feel like there's a lot of pressure. So yeah, I just, I wanted to give her a little shout out because, you know, she's making a way for the future of this sport. Yeah. I have to be honest. Um Her results weren't great this season. She's lacking a lot of pace. And I will openly admit that. But that what I don't like is that people judge her more harsh than other riders just because of her gender. And there are so many meme pages or Twitter people that just make fun of her for being a girl. And... That's something that's just not okay. I mean, you can say, yeah, okay, she's lacking pace. There's, this is missing, this is missing in her writing style. And that's completely fine. But I don't see why it's necessary to um, just say, like, why does her gender matter in this situation? Also, you can't really compare it. You have... You can't really say, oh, all women are shit in this sport, in this sport because 
you, you don't have enough uh, points of references to say that you, all of those people are mainly male of, and there are also a lot of people that don't do well which is fine but it's never that you're that for in those instances that you're saying oh yeah they're doing badly because they are male yeah you know what i mean I mean, that's a very, very long conversation in itself. And I would love to do an entire podcast episode on women in motorsport, uh, like uh, female riders and everyone who is working in the sport. Because I yeah. think that would be very interesting also for us as women to give our own opinions on these subjects. And I yeah. do hope that we will get to that very soon. Yeah, I mean, I, I know it's mainly based on performance, but hopefully, like, there's girls out there who are seeing a, another, like, woman go into these sports. It's going to, you know, have this domino effect, and we're going to see more women in the sport, um, hopefully, very soon. So that's all of the riders in the Moto3 class wrapped up how they did so far this season. Yeah, I think that's the end of our episode. I hope you enjoyed it and you stayed with us for the entire time. But it was really fun and I hope Chloe also enjoyed it. Of course, if you notice that it's been only Chloe and me for the, I guess, last hour, that's because I know had to leave in the middle so this was our moto 3 and mid-season recap please make sure that you follow us on instagram twitter and tiktok at the sighting lab to stay up to date with all our motorsports content